listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. You saw, the, the title may have made you laugh a little bit today. Take a minute to share it if you haven't done so already. Um, we're actually doing a broadcast uh, on that subject. Spiritual doesn't mean stupid. <laughs> and I put all stupid in all caps for a reason. Um, because some of the things we've seen, which we're going to talk about today, like literally blows my mind how foolish some people are when they take yeah. action. It's like, what in the world are you even thinking? And they being blame it on being a Christian. Yeah, and being a Christian like, doesn't mean you throw common sense out of your all life. All their like craziness and bad decisions are like I'm compounding into I'm one big. Led. I'm Christian. I do that. It's like no, I'm sorry. My God does not make you make foolish decisions. Yeah. And he doesn't want you to fail, and he doesn't want you to look like an idiot. And so. It, it, that's that's why we're going to go over this because yeah. we actually started talking together this morning it's like, come and on. like it we didn't even mean to go this direction but we started talking about silly stories that we've seen and experienced yeah. by other people's decisions and we were like what in the world and then we wanted well, to share with you the thing is and I, and I want to say this off the bat because I'm sure people may hear that from the outset and think to themselves well you know, there's times when the Lord will tell you to do stuff that doesn't make sense to the natural mind. And yes, I get that. That, that is the, the one caveat to what we're talking about today. Um, Jade said, just had to stop for a second to compliment your hair, though. Um, <laughs> you, I will say this because this is the one caveat to this, what we're talking about today. There phone. will be times in your life that the Lord will tell you to do something that doesn't make sense to the natural mind, but you step out in faith and do it anyway. And I'll, and I'll kind of define that uh, as, we're, as we're moving forward, but I'm not saying that everything has to make sense to your flesh. That's not the point we're making today. We understand that there's times faith doesn't make sense to your flesh. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a spiritual thing. So I'm not saying that every single thing that you do for the Lord has to make immediate sense to your flesh because that wouldn't be faith because you'd already know the end result. But at the same time, the way that you live your life can't violate biblical principles. Because when you step out in faith, the only outcome is going to be beneficial. It's going to be a miraculous thing. It's going to be something we couldn't do without Jesus. Right. It's not going to... It's not, when you make a faith step, a faith decision, it's not going to put you backwards. No. It's not going to be like, here, you know, make this decision and do this. And then now you have a setback for six months. There's the, get the whole, like, I got to get a setback to get my comeback in Jesus name. It's like, that's right. stupid. You, your faith is always moving you forward. Yeah. It's never moving you backwards. That's exactly right. And so let me give you a first example so that you can, and we'll talk through this because I want you guys to see this. Uh, we'll give you a story from our life and then the difference between what the Lord may tell us to do or has told us to do and the way some people think about this. So do I know the story before yeah, you tell Well, yeah, anybody? of course you do. Um, <laughs> but okay, so let's, let's use the first example, right? Um, something that 
people will tell you to do or that you may hear say people say like, I just feel like I'm supposed to. And then they'll start talking about giving. So let's start with giving because this will help you to understand. We've heard people say like, the Lord wants me to give everything away. He wants me to give everything away. Okay, well, let's, let's base that first on biblical principles because Carolyn and I, have had times in our life, in our lives where the Lord has told us to give everything, but he didn't say give everything we have away. He, he told us to give everything we had in savings away. So, you know, we, we've, and that's something, trust me when I tell you, that's a rare word from God. And sometimes it may be a test of your faithfulness to see if you do what the Lord would ask you to do or he's got something big planned for you and wants to see where your heart is. When he told us to give everything away, that didn't mean don't feed your kids, don't have groceries in the refrigerator, don't pay your bills, don't pay your, bills, don't pay your mortgage, don't pay your car payment, don't pay your insurance. That's not what God was saying. He was saying, all right, you have extra money saved up. You've got a, a, a you've got a little egg here in savings. You know, you've got, uh, you know, something over here. And, you know, we had a couple at that time. I think we had a money market savings, uh, something extra in checking. And the Lord spoke to us and said, put all three of those together and sow it as a seed into the kingdom of God. But he wasn't telling us to violate his word and not take care of our family. He wasn't telling us to not pay our bills and be irresponsible Christians. So, in this first one that we're talking about, let's, let's look into the scripture. Where in the New Testament did Jesus ever tell people to give everything they had away? Where? Is there a place where Jesus expected his followers to give everything they had away? And the answer is no. There's only one man... In the New Testament, Jesus dealt with this issue in his life, and that was the rich young ruler. And with the rich young ruler, Jesus, you could tell from the story, had a knowing about the man, because the man came to him and said, what do I have to do to be perfect? And he said, well, keep the commandments, keep the law. He said, I've done all that since I was a little boy. But he said, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give the money to the poor. Now, the man didn't do it. He, he went away sorrowful, the Bible says, for he had many possessions. But really what we see there is that he couldn't follow Jesus because his money had control of his life. That's really what we're seeing in that scripture. He could not follow Jesus. And Jesus knew that. That's why he gave him the test to see if he'd be willing to release himself from his, the hold of his money. Your mom called it the money test. Yeah, the money when test. When we did it on Monday. That's exactly she right. about it. The, the money test. You will be tested to see if money rules your life. And, but, but look at the, here's a great point. Look at those closest to Jesus. Look at Peter. Peter didn't have to sell everything he had and give it all away to follow Jesus because even after he was a disciple, he still had a home, still had a family to take care of still had fishing boats. Yeah, and that didn't go away. Didn't go away. Because he went on the road. Not at all. 
Not at all. So Jesus never rebuked Peter for not selling his house and giving all of his possessions away and liquidating his business. You know, Jesus didn't rebuke him. How about this? Jesus had extra money in the treasury that Judas often stole from. So if there was this scriptural principle, like monks have, you know, there's this, um, there's this thought process. It's very religious. Um, it's called asceticism where we're supposed to deny ourselves all good things. And that's what monks do. They go away and live in a monastery. They deny themselves all good things, right. you know, including it, hair, including hair. If you, if you like to <laughs> sleep because the body wants sleep, right. Uh, they make you get up in the middle of the night to go pray. Um, you know, the body enjoys sex. So no sex, um, the body enjoys food. So you're forced to fast the body enjoys comfort. So you have to live in discomfort and they don't just not just discomfort in the way they sleep, <laughs> just but they'll close like you the should wear. just die. Yeah. Like you can't well, enjoy anything. The reason that was is because there was this thought of the body, the flesh itself is evil. So you have to mortify the flesh, the mortification of the flesh. The flesh itself is evil. That was the erroneous. That movie we saw. Yeah. So that was the erroneous thought process. But God got, you know, take a vow of poverty. You know, that was another one. Why? Because the flesh likes wealth and money. and But see, that's not a scriptural thing. It's not. And Jesus didn't even do that. Jesus had extra money in the treasury. He didn't give it all away. Let me just show you this. If Jesus gave all of his money away, there would have been nothing for Judas to steal from and then still not be noticed because it's not like they called him out. He stole and he was like keeping it under wraps and Jesus still let him hold the money back. So yeah, Jesus, Jesus knew you had this, you know, you've had people tell you like, you know, I'm just, I feel like I'm supposed to give everything I have away. Yeah. And, and, and people like, I, but I have this and this and this, but I feel to give everything away. But so that's not what the Lord's telling you to do because you have responsibilities that have to be met first. Right. And so, you know, you have to give your tithe no matter what responsibilities you have. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after that, meet your responsibilities. And so, because obviously we know tithe is not what's bringing in the extra. Uh, that's a requirement that's giving back to the Lord. That's keeping you out from under the curse. Sewing is what's going to bring in the extra, but you can't uh, take steps backwards and think you're going to move forward. So say you have like $5,000 worth of debt on a card and uh, there's services or a special offering that's coming up and you feel to do it. All right. Well, that month you don't not pay your, bills. your bill. You might not pay the card off that month because, you know, the Lord impressed upon your heart to give in a service. And that's fine, but make sure at least the payment is made on that card that month. And then you can focus on the, the fullness of it the next month. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not where now your creditors are coming after you. Now your credit's ruined, so you can't move forward. Now, you know, you've got things foreclosing on you. That, that's not the will nor the direction the Lord has given to you. Well, let, me, let me ask you a question. Do, do you, anybody watching, do you honestly feel that the Lord expects you to give more than you actually have. He doesn't expect you to do that. In fact, you know, because that's why, you know, I don't think it's wisdom. I personally don't think it's wisdom. Now I know people have done it. I would not do it. I don't think it's right to give what you don't have. Meaning 
You don't need to go in debt to give to God. Right. You don't need to go in debt to give to God. It's not even scriptural. How, for example, no one would have even been able to do that before credit cards were invented. But now people are always, you know, well, I'm going to put this, I feel to give, you know, 5,000. Well, you don't have $5,000. You don't have it. Why would God expect you to give something that you don't have? He doesn't expect people to do that. And so, you know, people that, that it's not wisdom. Let me, let me show you something from the Bible. So I know we've been talking a lot stories and narrative, but let me give you something from scripture. First Timothy chapter five and verse number eight. And actually we start with seven. Paul said, command these things as well so that they may not be, or so that they may be without reproach. So you're supposed to be without reproach. Your life. Let me tell you something that puts you in reproach. Verse eight, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Stop right there. That's a huge, huge verse. Do you see what that's saying? Anyone that does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. What does the new living translation say of first Timothy five, eight? Let's see. It says, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than an unbeliever. It's horrible. It's harsh words. It's but heavy, it's but, but, but hear, hear what it's saying. If you're one of these super spiritual people that says, no, I believe God's supposed to, is telling me to give everything away and your kids don't eat. You don't have money for groceries. You don't have money to pay your bills. You don't have money to take care of your family. You know, that's not God telling you that because that would contradict what the Bible actually says. Yep. It makes you worse than an unbeliever. If you can't take care of your own family, can't take care of your own household, can't provide for your relatives, makes you worse than an unbeliever. And so there might be times, you know, we're we're like, like with Carolyn and with me where, you know, you had some extra, you had savings, you might, whatever. Well, all the bills are paid. We've never not paid our bills, right? Never not paid the mortgage, never not paid the car, whatever, but we still have never not tithed. We've always tithed. We've always given offerings. We've always given first fruit offerings and blessed the men and women of God. We've always blessed the poor. Those things, those four things are, have never been undone in our lives, but it's never been at the expense of taking care of our responsibilities. Right. See that you're, you've got to take care of your responsibilities. You become a laughing stock. You really bring a reproach onto Christianity and you bring a reproach onto the gospel. If you're a deadbeat for walking around, don't pay your bills. Don't you're late on everything. You're cut. I mean, just like you, you, and there's like all oh, the Christians, you know, what's a sad thing that Christians have gotten the rap for that. We're the worst tippers on Sunday afternoons. Waitresses don't even want to take the Sunday afternoon shift with all the Christians coming in because they tip horribly. Christians get a bad name 
for those people. For bad tipping, always trying to look for a deal. Another one I can't stand is where they're always like, they find a Christian company on purpose and they feel like, well, because you're Christian and I'm Christian, I should totally get 50% off. It's like, mm -hmm. no, you, <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. It's you're, you're, you're a Christian and they're a Christian, period. And so you know what? A man is worthy of his hire. If they tell you what an amount is, don't try to finagle something else based on your Christianity. Yeah. You pay that amount and, and, and move on with it and be a good witness right. to them. But yeah, so that, that's one of the things that does irk me. I make, a, I make a point to do above and beyond and everything that we have to give or tip even when we're not sure. Yeah. Just for instance, yesterday, the sprinkler guy, we had a sprinkler guy come to our house and did some serious work. And when he gave, <laughs> gave me the amount, and this is the thing, it wasn't like, oh, you should have taken that. That was favor. I, I know when it's favor. And I also know when someone was just, you know, uh, un asking under the amount. And so all I could think about yesterday was Proverbs. A man is worthy of his hire. And I, I wrote him a check larger than what he said. And you know what? He will always remember that. I'll always have access to speak into his life about the goodness of God. And if I ever bring it up, because it gets people's attention to pay attention to what I have to say. Right. It's not like, oh, 185, you know, this and that. And, and then, uh, then you're griping about even that amount. Some people right. will be like, you know, blown away by that amount. Yeah. Dre <laughs> Drea asked the question on YouTube, what do you say about sowing your way out of debt? How would you say someone, uh, tell someone practically to do that? Shouldn't you be paying off the debt? You should be paying off the debt. Right. But understand this, there was a time where Carolyn and I were in debt and paying off debt, all kinds of debt. And, and let me just tell you something. In all that time that we were under that, we never, ever stopped tithing. Never. And we never, ever stopped giving. No. Every year, we make a vow to increase our giving. At the end of the year, when we have up our total, it has to be more than the last year. And through several of those years, you know, we've been married for almost 15 years now, at the beginning and stuff, several of those years, we had debt. But you know what? Nobody knew it. We didn't stop we, paying our bills. Right. We didn't stop blessing people. We didn't stop giving. We didn't stop, you know, giving to men of God when, when, when we were before them. We didn't stop. And that's what got us to the position that we're in now. Yeah. You don't stop. And you just are wise about it. And he'll lead you like, like he said before. He's not going to ask you to give $5,000 when you don't have $5,000 exactly. to give. You will still be able to give yes. something, but keep that desire in your heart. Because yeah, yeah. when you are broken free from debt and you have the money, be ready to give it. Don't get that mentality, well, I don't have it, or now that I have it, I have it saved for something else. Right. Keep that desire in your heart to give. Well, if you're going to go after that, what, what Dave Ramsey calls like a, a gazelle intensity to pay off debt, it should never be done at the expense of your tithe. It should never be done at the expense of your offering. But there's all kinds of other stuff that we do. Go out to eat, you know, spend money on little things here and there. And people are undisciplined in other areas of their life. Uh, so they still want to do all the stuff for them. They still want a <laughs> Starbucks every morning. But they want to cut out the giving to, to the and Lord. And they want to cut out their time. That's the first thing people will always cut out. 
They'll yeah. never look at the other stuff. Well, I have 19 uh, apps to watch shows and movies right. on. Yeah. Well, that's all like, I don't even know, like $12 a month times 19. You know, right. I'm being obsessive. But I mean, that's how people are. I or have, every morning before work, I go to Starbucks and get Starbucks. a muffin, a sandwich, and a I coffee. I sign up for this monthly. Uh, I got to go to the gym. I've got like literally think about it all those are extra right they're not necessities to keep you alive like he's so serious about it I'll, I'll say this i know some of these people are that are part of the victory tribe watch dave ramsey but like he's so serious about it he's like you eat beans and rice if you have to like eat beans and rice you don't need the full uh um uh, you know spectrum of groceries you need to survive and you need to pay off debt you, you know what i mean and so but it's never done at the expense of your tithe. It's never done at the expense of your offering. You, you honor God first, honor God first, and you cut the rest stuff out of your life. And uh, let me just tell you, and Jenna said, if you scroll back up to Jenna said, uh, I would thank God ahead of time, uh, right there, uh, for seed I didn't have yet. And what a feeling when he gives it to you to sow because he gives seed to the sower. And that's true. And that works. Let me tell you, Every time there are times where I will be traveling and stuff mm -hmm. and I'll feel to give a certain amount to somebody and like either I don't have it on me right then or there are times before where, you know, when we were starting out stuff, I didn't have it, but I would thank the Lord. And I knew he doesn't deposit stuff into you for nothing. He doesn't deposit a desire into you to, to just have that desire and then be bummed about it later because you couldn't fulfill it. Right. That's not true. So there are times where I do exactly what Jenna would say. And then someone would walk over to me in church and hand me like $250 or something like mm -hmm. that. And, and just the night before somebody was like, uh, the Lord told me, I want you to give that person $200. Yeah. And then you know what you do? You don't even put it in your purse. Literally, I would just walk over and gave, here you go. Yep. Like he, he will, he gives he, seed to he the will sower. give it to you to give. Yeah. And let me tell you something. One of the things that, um, uh, my uncle, pastor Terry Shuttlesworth used to teach, he would teach people, you know, we're coming up on whether it's resurrection seed offering or Thanksgiving seed offering, whatever it would be. He'd say, listen, I'm doing the same. I want to, uh, believe God for a certain amount to sow for resurrection. Uh, and here's what I want to do. I'm going to believe God that that amount can come in one way or another. I'm going to pray it in. But on the other side, there's people that go out and uh, because they want to have a seed to sow, they might work a part-time job extra. They might drive Uber for 20 hours a week or whatever it is to, to pull in something to give to God. And God honors that. You know, it's not part of your normal income, but whether you start a business from home, do an Etsy shop, whatever it is, and then you then you do that extra thing because you're saying, Lord, I'm not just going to ask you to give me seed. I'm going to actually go do something. Do you know when I started the graphic design and marketing business that I had? The only reason I did it is to have extra seed to sow. I did it to have extra seed to, to sow. And so I would have all these contracts. I'd do graphic design, do web design, and have thousands of dollars come in. I wanted extra money to put in the kingdom of God and God will give you ideas, but we never pay off debt. I'm going back to this practical question because it's a great, great question. There's tons of people that want to know about this. Um, That's true. See Ralph's Ralph, Jenna's husband, Ralph drove lift that. on the side to just to get seed to sow and make it happen. You know, now and, look where he is and look, yeah, look where he is now because he honored God. And, and the key is this. We never do natural things at the expense of sacrificing godly things. 
If we believe God is first, then God's first. And let me tell you, and I know we've said this for many years, and we know that it could never end up being this way, but I'm telling you, if it came down to, and you trust me when I tell you this, and obviously I just read you the principle, so God would never allow this to happen. But if it came down to, we, we would eat dinner and our kids would eat dinner or God would get his tithe, God would get his tithe. And he knows that that's set in my heart that way, is that he would get his tithe above anything else. He would get his offerings above anything else. He's first, we're not. And so because we have that mentality, our kids will never miss a meal, will never be without, will never go hungry, will never not have a roof over our head, will never be, not be clothed, will never not have more than enough because God knows the heart. But, but let me just say this to you. Debt is, I'm not telling you, now listen, I was in debt, we've been in debt before. I'm not telling that you're, you're wicked if you're in debt or you're bad or sinful if you're in debt, but debt itself is an evil thing. Yeah, you got to get out. It makes you a slave, the Bible says. Debt makes you a slave. The borrower is a slave to the lender. That's what the Bible says. The borrower is a servant or a slave to the lender. Debt is an evil thing that keeps you in bondage so you can't do what God's called you to do. You look at the promises of the word. And it's you will lend to many nations and you'll not borrow. If you're part of the Abrahamic covenant, you'll be the lender. You're not called to be a borrower. You're called to be a lender by the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's a great thing, Christian. I, I teach my kids that is as soon as you get money, you set your tithe aside mm-hmm. because the longer it sits in front of you, that figure looks good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. as long as it sits in your purse, as long as it stays in your bank account, it gets spent. Something comes up, it gets spent, you realize, you know, so that's one of the main things, you know, not only that we do, but as soon as my kids get money, they know, set it aside, get it out of your view. That is God. It's not even yours. It doesn't even need to sit there long enough to, for you to even think it's yours. Well, here's the other thing too, if we're going down to that, go to Proverbs twenty-one twenty. I just taught Maddie this yesterday, again, just breaking this stuff down for her because uh, here's the other side of it. Proverbs 21, 20. And a Christian put that up. Uh, one of the things that I, I'm teaching my kids to do is two things. You, you always give God first what's his. That's always first. No matter what, what I get, 10% goes to God immediately. Get it out of my house. Get it into his hands. It's his. But then the other thing is I pay God, but then I pay myself first. Pay yourself first. So there's a principle of maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't heard it. It's called the 10, 10, 80 principle. That means God gets 10 and then I pay myself 10 and then we live on the 80. We live on the, well, what's the 10 you pay yourself? You put it into savings. You do something, money market account, Roth IRA, whatever it is you want. You put it into savings. You pay yourself. Well, why is that? What's the scriptural principle behind that? It's Proverbs 21, 20. Because the Bible says this, and I want you to hear it. Precious treasure. Now listen. And oil are in a wise man's dwelling. But a foolish man devours it all. Or one translation says, a fool spends 
all that he has. Pop it up in the New Living, Proverbs 21, 20. A fool spends all that he has. So it's a foolish thing to expend all of your resources according to the Bible. It's a foolish thing to expend all of your resources according to the scripture. What does the 20th verse say? The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. You see that? The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. You know when it's tax return time, everybody's got all new sunglasses, all new shoes, all new clothes, all new cell phones, all new jewelry. Oh, must be tax return time. And thank the Lord because they got it. Just letting you know, it was always yours. Yeah. IRS held on to it. They're giving it it's back to It's always funny you. that people, people give it a testimony. It's not an increase God of... came through for me. <laughs> I was believing for a miracle. They took a little bit out. And I got my tax paycheck. returns. <laughs> it's like, it was your money to start with. They just held on to it and returned it back. So, uh, <laughs> so understand what we're talking about today is that... Uh, a fool spends all that he has. And that would include uh, literally making sure everything you had went out the door. You're, you're not supposed to have everything you have go out the door because there's, I'll give you another principle from scripture. Explain to me how this would be possible, what I'm getting ready to quote to you, if everything you have goes out to the door. A good man, a godly man, leaves an inheritance to his children's Children. Now think about that. That's down the line. A godly man, a good man, leaves an inheritance to his children's children. How can you do that if everything you have goes out the door? Can't do it. I was actually thinking of that verse the other day, and I was like, man, not just my kids. I got to make sure your grandkids have something. Come back. I mean, if the Lord comes, uh, doesn't come back while I'm, you know, I get old and old. Uh, that I have got to make sure I've got stuff for my grandkids. According to scripture. I actually was thinking on this verse the other day. Now think about how, how important God thinks about this. You're not blessed enough unless you're blessed enough to make sure your kids are all set up and blessed and your grandkids have an inheritance from your life. Not from your, not from your kids, from you. <laughs> I know why now I was thinking of that verse because I was thinking about having a fourth. Um, oh, <laughs> and I was like, mm, I, I want to provide for these kids. <laughs> and then I got grandkids that aren't even in the thought process right now that I have to provide for. Um, Maybe I'll just leave it at three. That was the question that Caitlin had, uh, was, do yeah, you Elizabeth. tithe? <laughs> do you, can you scroll up to that Tiff? Cause I have to read it. I can't remember. Um, you answer this question on taxes or do you tithe on taxes or just the offering? See, when we teach tithing, Caitlin, it's important to remember that we tithe on the gross amount of money that we make. I don't tithe on, on my take-home pay. I tithe on the gross amount of money that I've made. If I make $1,000 a month, but I only take home seven eighty-one. dollars So then you would tithe on the tax money that comes in because they, you're, no, you're tithing I tithe on, on it, that. No, I tithe on it at the beginning. Like, I don't wait till the tax return comes back to tithe on it. I tithe on it when the paycheck comes. So, for example, if I, if I make $1,000 a month, but my take-home pay is seven eighty one. dollars on everything that comes in. <laughs> hear what I'm saying? I'm safe. I, I don't just tithe $78.10. I tithe $100 
because what I made was $1,000. doesn't matter that the government took taxes out of it. I give God what's his. And so obviously when my tax return comes back, that money's already been tithed on. I can give an offering out of it, but I've already tithed on that money. And so I give God what's his. Now, if you want to do it differently, you know, that's up to you. If you want to do it to where you wait until your tax returns come back and you get that money back or whatever, but there's certain monies you don't get back, right? You still have to pay taxes. (laughs) You won't get that money back. So, uh, no, you're not tithing twice on the same dollar. Uh, you're tithing on, on what? So for example, I don't, you don't have to tithe on your returns cause you've already tithed on that money, but there's money you won't get back from the government and that, and that money should be tithed on. It just comes out of your paycheck. You understand what I'm saying? So I tithe on it anyway, cause I made the money. It was my money and the government took some of it for taxes. So it's, it's my money. It doesn't matter that I paid taxes with it. It's like, it's like me saying like, well, I'm not going to tithe on that because it goes to my car payment. No, you still tithe even though that money went to your car payment. Well, we don't tithe on this money because it went to groceries. No, you tithe on it because it was yours. Any increase that was yours, you tithe on it. And the same, and you're welcome to give offerings anytime you want, but that's how we tithe. We tithe on the gross because it's everything that was mine even though it was taken out before it ever went into my bank account for taxes, I'm still tithing on it. And so how can we do these things, right? How can we give an inheritance? How can we make sure? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Oscar. That's a great, another great, great question from Oscar Hewitt. Do we tithe on financial gifts? If somebody gives me a hundred dollars cash and says, Hey, be blessed. You better believe I'm not only tithing on that. I'm sewing off of it. Any increase that comes into your life, 10% of it belongs to God. Any increase that comes into your life. Maddie knows as soon as I said, what's all the birthday money that added up for you? Make sure you tithe and give offering, which she she does. She is a giver. Yeah. Um, But yeah, any money that comes in. Any any money. That that would be increase. Right. You tithe on increase. So any increase is something that you would give tithes on. Absolutely. And so that's, that's the point we're making is God's not telling you to do things with your money that he's already spoken about in his word. He's not going to contradict his word. He won't contradict his, his word. Uh, so I want you to, I want you to hear this. Hey, Eric, love you guys. Um, so God's not going to have you spend all you have. He's not going to have you not take care of your family. He's not going to put you in a position where you can't leave an inheritance to your children's children. He'll never instruct you to violate his written word. And so you have to line up everything that you believe. Well, I think the Holy ghost is telling me to do this. If he's, if it violates the written word, he's not telling you to, he's not telling you to. The second thing that we want to kind of quickly deal with today is it's a big subject. Yeah. Spiritual doesn't mean stupid. You know, I mean, like just this, just the, this just one, the yeah. first point is such a big deal. Yeah. Because people think God's telling them to do all this stuff. Uh, and they find out later, <laughs> man, now I'm in, now I'm literally hurting well, because they're just he like wondering, it. you know, then that's how God gets blamed. Right. No, for he this, does get For blamed. this point, number one, that we just touched on that. If you're coming in late, go back and listen to yeah because we did answer a lot of questions but that's how God, you know I'm doing this this and this and I still can't you know break free or I still can't do this mm-hmm. but 
it, it, it's just, you know, we went long for on one because you can see that it's such a big question and a big topic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. People. The Holy Ghost, and Roberto is bringing that point up again, the Holy Spirit will never violate the written word of God. So I don't care what word somebody said they got. Uh, I, you know, I don't care what prophetic, you know, word somebody gave you in the hallway and all these, if it, if it, dis, if it contradicts God's word, it's not God because he doesn't do that. He's not multi, uh, he doesn't have multiple personality disorder. <laughs> Let me give you another one um, that'll help you is stop seeing the best in everybody. <laughs> Put it in. Number two, stop seeing the best in everybody. I know that sounds funny, but listen, this is really going to help, help you help you out. We're going to help you a lot because stop seeing the best in everybody. Hanging around dummy pants. What does that mean <laughs> practically? <laughs> you asked me on. What, what does it mean practically? Stop seeing the best in everybody. Well, I'm so tired of people saying, well, he's a good guy. She's a good, you know, you know, I know he's not much of a church guy. Like he's not religious, you know, but he's, a, he's such a good guy. Like he's so nice and, you know, and people get in all these problems because they see the best nice in everybody. Nice doesn't mean anything really. I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes with your Christian Christianity, Nice people go to hell every day. It's true. You can be <laughs> not, nice and go to hell. <laughs> you can be extremely nice. You can be the biggest giver. There's plenty of, of rich people out there that are nice. Well, you, know, you can be the biggest giver. Yeah. You could be nice. You could be uh, doing all the principles in, in the Bible. You could, uh, you could be giving to the poor. You could be doing this and you're not saved. Right. <laughs> you're going to hell. It has nothing to do with being nice. Right. Your fruit is what you know, <laughs> you're told by and you're known by. Yeah. Stop. And that's what the Bible says. And that's what we really wanted to get down to was, was Matthew chapter seven. Uh, and I, I'll turn there. Matthew seven, 15 through 20. Uh, what, what somebody seems like, you know, well, he's a nice guy, Yeah, but what is he producing? What is she producing? You know, everybody that's, that, that's there is Are they not a for you in your life. Are they, everybody is not for you. Down? I mean, we've, we've learned that. We've seen people that have dealt with it. They've gone through problems because they didn't realize everybody's not for you. Listen to Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Inwardly, they're ravenous wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bush bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And thus you will recognize them by their fruits. So don't listen. If you got somebody, oh, he's a good guy. He's just not a church guy. He doesn't go to church. He doesn't like to go to church. He's not religious. He's not for you. What business? And of course, we're, we're going back to what Paul taught the Corinthians. What business does light have? fellowshipping with darkness, the believer with the unbeliever, you know, Christ and the devil, they have no relationship. They have no connection. You, you see what I'm saying? And there's people say, well, he's nice. You know, he's not yet, he's not really saved, but you know, we, he, we just work so well together. We date and we want to stay together. And you know, there, there's so much of that. Everybody wants a project. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't have a project. Everybody wants a project. A project. <laughs> 
from the project. Um, no, everybody wants, uh, I don't know if people are, are drawn to that. I wrote that the other day, somebody asked me about finding the right one for dating and it's like, and, and I said that, I was like, you don't want a project for the rest of your life. You want somebody that you guys are gonna grow in unity. Someone asked me a question about knowing the right person for you to, to date and to, to marry it, you know, I was like, listen, you don't want a project for the rest of your life. You want something that's going to be in unity and grow in the things of God and, you know, do things for the kingdom together. You don't need a project all the time. It, just like Jesus, shake the dust off your feet. And none of it has anything to do with being mean to somebody. That's where people get it wrong. Like you got to cut people off and you are a jerk. That's not a good Christian walk. But not everybody has to be in your life, in your inner circle yeah. all the time. That's right. Drama. There's something going on. You're always trying to be the fixer. You're always like, stop. This is exactly what I taught on yesterday. To f is it? Yeah. I didn't watch. I was doing school. Yeah. Always trying to be drawn to be the fixer. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Charlie said, been to prison five times, still on parole. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect for me. He's really hot. Yeah. So who cares about it? Yeah. He stabbed nine guys, but you know what? He'd never do that to me. Um, <laughs> but there's, it's funny because. Oh, that teardrop tattoo is so cute on your face. I love it. Oh, you have six of them. What do those mean? Um, but it's true. Paul said. But girls too. Yeah, he girls keeps mentioning a, boys. No. Girls are nasty too. Uh oh, no, watch kidding. out. <laughs> girls are nasty. <laughs> nasty girl. Um, sorry. Almost <laughs> <laughs> wet. Spit my water. Almost spit it out. Um, but you know what? The Bible. When we taught this yesterday, you can always go back and watch. But. Paul said, avoid, avoid people that cause divisions, avoid people that are unbelievers, avoid people that uh, will not listen to the word, avoid them. Paul was blocking accounts before there were accounts. Paul, Paul was keeping peace in the church. He was keeping peace in people's lives. He was keeping people away from drama. Um, and, and, and it's, it, you know, Charlie, it's actually true. It's actually true. He said, dudes be wanting a Harley Quinn. Nuts. She's nuts. Yeah, don't Break be up fooled by those pigtails. She's nuts. <laughs> she's got colored hair. And let me tell you, she's nuts. You know, <laughs> we changed that yesterday. It's by Felipe. Because, you know, for guys, it's Felicia. But for girls, they said by Felipe. <laughs> she's nuts. Bo yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is people don't want to recognize... Uh, this and others. Christians are horrible for this. Christians are horrible for this. You know, you could see somebody. It's funny that, you know, Christians don't even discern things when they should be the one that do ones that do discern it before it's known. You know, it blows me away. You know, the, the pastor there in um, New York, Hillsong, New York had problems and it came out, but nobody was saying anything. But then like Joe Rogan, who's like an atheist, who has a podcast was saying stuff like this dude's got problems before anybody said anything. How is it that an atheist dude with a podcast, uh, you know, not saved, whatever can see that and call that out and know it internally before there's anything that comes out. How does someone that's an atheist know that and see that and can identify that and point it out and Christians like, Oh no, he's just edgy. He's just edgy and he's just like, how can Christians not discern it? 
in, in the world, they're like, this dude is a homosexual. I can tell you this dude's gay. And in the church, like, no, he's just nice. He's just really nice. Like, I don't understand how Christians <laughs> don't see. Really nice. No, they say that all the time. In the world, that's like, dude, dude is gay. We understand no, he's gay. My am, gaydar's going off. He's I, gay. I, I know he's gay. No, I'm laughing. And in the church, they're like, the no, truth. he's just nice. He's just really nice. And the bottom line is, is that we've got people that refuse to use the Holy Spirit's presence and discern the situation. It's mind blowing to me. It's absolutely mind blowing. And then there's people that are hurt because of it. They're destroyed because of it because they don't guard themselves and they just see the best in everybody. Know them by their fruit. Wake up. Know them by their fruit. Wake up. And so, yeah, it, you can spot those things. You know, yeah, Ed, he's just in touch with his feminine side. You know what I mean? It, it's crazy to me. Charlie knows what I'm talking about. He said, I hear it all the time. And it, it's mind blowing when you can, right, it's not, discernment goes to denial yeah. because it's really what it is. And Roberto said, it's, it's denial. They're dealing with denial. And you'd, you would love to think everybody's got it together, but if you're sensing it, you can feel it, you know it's there, the Holy Spirit's warning you and he will warn you to take care of you. You know what I mean? And that's a good hashtag, fruit check. You need to do a fruit check and see that there's people that aren't producing any. They're not producing any. And so. Or their fruits. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> If you're not producing any, you probably are a fruit. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's like it's, it's issues. Are you producing fruit, or, or are you are a fruit? you a fruit? That's the question. That's the of real the question. Day. All right. And and the real and the thing is, <laughs> just because you're spiritual, it doesn't make you stupid. The Bible says that we're to be what wise as serpents, but gentle as. Put it in the comments sections if you know what I'm talking about. Wise as serpents, but gentle as, you can put it in the comments, but here's the key. I'm not getting to the gentle part. I'm getting to the wise cats. part. Not cats. Mm. No, nice try. Gentle as doves. That's right. Exactly right. And so the key being, there's a lot of doves, but where's the wisdom of a serpent? You see what I mean? Where we're discerning, where we know, we're watching, we're catching things uh, ahead of time. Where's that in the body of Christ? Where is that? Everybody wants to be gentle. Where's the wisdom though? Because you can be gentle and get abused and destroyed and torn up. This is where the saying use wisdom comes into play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the other times that people have been trying to throw that in. Yeah. This time. Right. Use wisdom. Absolutely do it. We're wise as serpents. Wrong. You pray for them. If you're trying to help them and it just doesn't. It's not working. Do what the Bible says. Don't. Shake the dust off your feet and go somewhere else. That's what I said at the beginning. Yeah. Shake it. No. Nasty girl. Um, so <laughs> let me give you one more because we were laughing about this today for real. Like we were just like getting ready. We we're like, this is, we've seen some crazy stuff. Bottom line. We have seen some crazy stuff. Um, there's people. Okay. Think about how stupid this is. I mean, I want you to literally meditate on how stupid this This is. This is a lot though, guys. Like we run into this a lot. Why are you sitting around as a Christian, you know, a faith Christian, quote unquote, and I say that very, very loosely, calling in money, 
You know, I declare the money's coming in. Money's coming Angels in. Money's coming. Bring Angels bring my harvest. Bring my and you won't money even work coming. a job. You won't work a job and you're calling in money. What is going on with people? I'm not against the power of confession. I'm, I'm a faith guy. Because it's not just about confession there. You have to work. I yes. mean, all through Proverbs. Yes, Robert. Like I want them to meditate on how stupid it is. It is so stupid. I want you to sit there and think. That is stupid. Because if you'll think that way, you'll never do it. So there, money cometh. It's I command. It's super real. And there's people, We've come across this oh. many times over the years where when we get down to the nitty gritty of why this marriage is breaking up or why this person, you know, can't get his life together, her life together, this is one of the things we find out in dealing with them. That's right. Is they aren't working, mm -hmm. but yet they're calling money in. And I'm not sure where it's calling from well, because first of all, it's not coming. First of all, money doesn't answer to confession. It answers to seed. So. Harvests don't answer to confession. And if you're not working, you're definitely not sowing. And yeah, and if you don't work, the Bible says you shouldn't eat. And then if you have a place, you, you, there, here we go again. It's spiraling down back to number one. You're not paying your bills. You're not paying your tithe. You're not paying your offering. Right. And you're sitting on the couch calling in, in money. And it's right. hot air all day long. That's just what it is. Nothing's coming. There's nothing coming. <laughs> now listen to this. Uh, Proverbs 14, 23, in all toil, there is profit. That's work. In all work, there's profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Mere talk tends only to poverty. We've seen people that will sit there, they'll come in Sunday, they'll shout, calling money in, confessing money, confessing increase, all this other stuff, and they won't even work a job. They won't keep a job. It's insane. It's like, what do you, what are you doing that's going to cause God to bless you? What do you have going out that God will bless you with? Harvests don't answer to confession. They answer to seed. You have to sow something for, do you know, and I believe in confession. You know, we've done the power of positive confession. We've talked about all what it means to the power of your words, uh, death and life are in the power of tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. We know that, that whatsoever things we desire when we pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. If you speak to the mountains, they'll be cast into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart. You believe uh, you shall have whatever you say. We know all that. But when it comes to financial increase, catch this now, you can confess till you're blue in the face. <laughs> And if you don't have any seed in the ground, ain't no harvest coming back. I don't care how much, how great your confession list is. I don't care how many scriptures you put on the end of your confession list. I declare the Bible says you can declare it all day long. You can say it all day long. But if there's no seed in the ground, there's no harvest coming back. And if you don't work, the Bible calls you somebody who is uh, truly wicked, wicked. You won't even work. You won't even make money to take care of your family. Now your home's in foreclosure, right? We've seen all the stuff Relationships happen. Relationships are breaking, are breaking up. up. All because you won't work. You won't work. You won't work. Let me, uh, on that same vein, right? On that same vein, let's talk about this one. I was going to say move down to three and then yeah. go back to two. Quitting your job with nothing lined up in front of you because you feel in your spirit. Spurt. I feel in my Spurt. spirit. You quit your job and you got nothing lined up to go to 
and you got people to take care of, you got bills to pay, you got kids to watch out for. Well, I just didn't feel it was my, that job was where I was supposed to be. I believe God has something better. Well, till he gives it to you, keep working the one you got. I don't get people. And here's another one of my favorites. They feel like they're for a management position. <laughs> so in the meantime, until that position opens somewhere, I'm just going to do nothing yeah. and let myself, I know God's got a let my position. family suffer, not make any money come in because I'm holding out. I'm, God's got promotion for me. What is he going to promote you from? Right. You have to be somewhere and start somewhere to actually receive a promotion. So, and then God gets blamed. And it's, why don't I have this? Why don't I have the doors opening? Because you're not doing anything. You realize that faith, all of this that we're talking about, giving, faith, working, guess what the common denominator is? They're action words. You have to take action steps, action to get forward, to move forward, to operate in this ability as a Christian. And so these people will be, and we've known it. These are not made up stories. We've known people that would rather do nothing and uh, you know, continue to live on welfare and continue to do this and continue to be at the lowest possible, always wondering why they can't get forward, always wondering why they don't have enough seed to sow, they're barely making it, you know, <laughs> this and that, uh, because they're waiting on something better. Right. I always tell him, I was like, that would never be us. We would be doing anything we could to get to. Why can't you work at whatever job? Pride. Oh, what? <laughs> yes. But why can't you just work at whatever for the moment while you're waiting for the door to open for the promotion of management? That's why right. can't you do this while you're applying for a different position? Do something in the meantime. Absolutely. Do, don't do nothing. Absolutely. You'll receive nothing because you're sowing nothing. What's well, funny. I was looking at the comments, you know, it's like, uh, Charlie was like, you know, people listening to Ty, Ty Lopez on online. You know, he's that guy, if you've ever seen him with the glasses, you want to learn how to work eight hours a week, you know, and look at my house. And he's like, takes you through his mansion. Come in my garage. I got a new Maserati. I got it was like all this stuff. And you find out later, like the house is rented for the video. It's like all that stuff. It's all, you know, is people don't want to work. Have, like the Batman looking house. No, 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 no. That's oh, another guy. That's but then, a workout you know, person, right? Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but he it's, rented it's that too. <laughs> no, that's his real house. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, oh. But it was left to him by his parents. Oh. Um, but you, you, you look at these guys, it's like people don't want to do any work. The Bible teaches diligence. It teaches work. It teaches faithfulness. And it's crazy to me that people want to have all this blessing. They want God to do all this and they're not willing to do anything. Let me just say it this way. Once you get saved, you don't stop living life responsibly, Right? You don't stop living life responsibly because you become a Christian. It's like, well, now that God's got this, Jesus, take the wheel. It's like, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You know, that song she's saying has messed up a lot of people. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. It truly Take it has. from my hand. Like, you know, I, I get she meant well, but it's really ruining a lot of people's lives. I don't even know who sang that song. Who sang uh, it? The blonde-haired girl, country. Um, Carrie, Carrie Underwood. Underwood. Yeah. 
I liked it when the Korean guys You're sang it. You're a good it. singer, Carrie, but I think it's messed up. <laughs> I love you, Carrie. Carrie. In case you're ever going to watch this broadcast. Carrie, I love you. <laughs> Carrie. Um, I liked it when the Korean guy sang it, but his accent was so strong that it came out as Jesus Take the Wii. Yeah. And then <laughs> great people song. gave up video games for a while. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you have, hear what I'm saying. If you have strength in your body to work, you should be working. It's wrong not to produce. And the thing is, I'll give you another one. Becoming super spiritual. <laughs> It's Carrie Underwear. <laughs> but I don't think she meant that. Lord, save Carrie Underwear. <laughs> That's a different, she's a different, uh, she's, 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 she's in a different industry. She's Carrie Underwear is a different industry. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys um, cracking me up. But, but in all seriousness, we too. had a person in our church Back in Virginia. None of these these stories stories. are all true stories. There's a person in our church back in Virginia that just nuts. And I mean nuts. And so they they were like really basing everything on the power of confession. And so they literally found, because they were believing for a house. This is a different approach. (laughs) It's a different approach. I personally would not do this, uh, but this was them. Grace, you made us laugh. Believing for a house. So they found the one they liked that was on the market. And so they went and started marching, Jericho marching around the house. Jericho declaring, it is mine. It is mine. Imagine the neighbors. It is mine. (laughs) And then anointing the outside. And if you had a shofar, that would be even better. Even better. (laughs) And then not only, they didn't, now, okay, I'm cool with all that. You want to declare it's yours. That's fine. You want to anoint it. We did that. that. That's no problem. We went to the house that we're living in that we didn't own yet. With anointing oil and went over but to it. We just here's what we did not we, do. This is what we did not do. We didn't go into the house, like break into the house mm-hmm. and start like living there and refusing to leave the property. <laughs> this is my house. Christian's this is my house. Right. Christian's right. You do get shot in Florida. You know, we didn't break into the house, breaking and entering. Yeah. And then sit on the floor and start setting up shop and, you know, squatting in the house. And be like, I ain't leaving. I declare this is my house. I don't care, Sheriff, what you're saying. I'm not sure God gave uh, it to you yet. No. No, we are not squatting <laughs> and declaring by faith it's mine. And moving uh, in before you sign the papers. Or even do anything. It's just like, I found an empty house. Let's go in and declare it's ours. Puts up a tent. Yeah. It's like, uh, no, if it's yours, buy it. If it's yours, God will give it to you. Yes. Uh, and, and you'll walk into it and step in to be yours. You'll close on the property. Yes. The money will, will go the through. The title deed will have your name on it. <laughs> it's like, uh, but you can't, you know, just because you're spiritual doesn't mean you're stupid. You know, that's not, they're not one and the same. Because that's what we did, not the second half. But when we were closing on a property that literally the Lord supernaturally brought yeah. us to, you know, when it almost kind of didn't look like some things were going to go through, we went over there as a yeah. family on our bikes because it was just a neighborhood over, brought oil, went over, laid hands on the outside of it. We asked for a smooth transition. Everything was going to work in our favor. It was going to be done by a certain amount of time. It was going to, uh, you know, the appraisal was going to come back for this amount, which it came back exactly for what we said. And, you know, that's what we did. We did. <laughs> but again, we had a down payment. 
<laughs> we had uh, an actual realtor that was doing the deal. We were actually purchasing the house. We didn't move into Kids, it. Kids, grab the screwdriver. Yeah. We didn't move into the empty house and decide, no. like, it's ours. I declare it's you ours. I don't care. It. You're not taking me out That's of here. That's what your aunt and uncle did for the church. They went over there right. with oil in the I'm parking lot. I'm not against lot, those parts. And you claim that. I'm against the breaking and entering. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm against the squatting. Exactly. Uh, we I, didn't lay hands on it and then say, well, it's ours. <laughs> Let's go in. Yeah, it's like, no, no, no. God will bless you. But again, being spirit. And one of the, and I'll say this before we pray for people, but like, um, I, I've always hated that phrase. And I'm sure you guys have heard it too. People have said it. Um, you know, he's so, um, he's so spiritually minded that he's no earthly good. So spiritually minded, throw your hand up in the comments. If you've heard that phrase before, well, that person is so spiritually minded that they're no earthly good. That is one of the dumbest phrases that anybody could say. So spiritually minded that they're no earthly good. That's, that's ridiculous. Because understand something. If you are spiritually minded, yes. you will be a lot of earthly good. You will be a lot of earthly good. A lot. If you are truly spiritually minded. See now, the people they're referencing aren't spiritually minded, they're just nut jobs. They're just nut jobs. You don't, spiritually minded doesn't mean you walk around all day with your head in the clouds and you can't talk to anybody because I'm in prayer and I can't meet with anybody or do my job because I'm reading the Bible and all. It, it, it doesn't, that's not what spiritually minded means. And if you're truly spiritually minded, you will be a lot of earthly good. You will make a massive impact on your generation. We are to put on the mind of Christ. Right. The mind of Christ does not have you walking around earth making bad decisions, looking goofy. The Lord never looked goofy, sounded insane, made crazy choices on earth, and then blamed it on his heavenly father. No. Ever. Ever. Everybody wanted to learn from Jesus. Right. See what he was doing. Copy his ways. Wonder how, how they could be more like him, how they could be prosperous, how they could walk in faith, the miracles that were happening. What? Precation. <laughs> Listen. But it's true. The mind of Christ, and people have to stop making stupid decisions and then making stupid decisions and blaming it on the Holy Ghost. I'm taking a precation, okay? Well, more people should take precation. Listen, the, the Christian should be the best worker on the job. Best worker on the job. Should be the one that's always on time. Not looking for handouts. Right. Christian should be the one Not that does... Not hinting to people yeah. for things. Should always be <laughs> the one that does the best work, the most thorough work, the most efficient work. Should be the one that's solving the most problems. I mean, you have the advantage of the Holy Spirit living within you. You should be doing the best work on your job. Always. You should be the one that your boss thinks of like, man, that's the best worker I've got on the job. That's, that's the most right, Rose. He's always on time, always there, always doing the best, always comes in with a good attitude, always comes in happy, never causes drama with my other workers, always on the up, never down. That should be the, that doesn't mean 
you know, not coming in. Hey, sorry, I was late today. I really, God was just showing me some things this morning uh, before I left the house and I just got caught up in his glory. It's like, you're fired. Go home. You understand? And, and, and it can't be that way. It can't be that way. Just because we're spiritual, it doesn't mean we're stupid. Right. We don't do things that are unwise. You should be the smartest if you're That's actually right. spiritual. That's exactly right. Like you, you should be the smartest at everything if you're truly a spirit-led person. Yeah. Spirit-led. Now, we know this. If we're spirit-led, we will profit in everything we do. Mm-hmm. Bible says, I'm the Lord your God that teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. If we're being led in the way we should go, we'll profit in all areas of life. At our job, with our family, in our purpose, all the things he's called us to do. We will profit. Profit. We will increase. We'll be impactful. We'll be efficient as God is. We're not going to be less and then blame it on being spiritual. We're the best at what we do. We have, we always come in with the best attitude. We're always encouraging. We're always on time. We're stewards of what God's placed in our hands. And, uh, I know that that's who the victory tribe is. I know those of you that watch, you are the best of the best. And what I'm believing is this, I'm really believing for a a generation of Christians that are Holy ghost and fire. We're miracle signs and wonders people, but we're also operating with the mind of Christ. We're the most efficient people that we could possibly be to where I can be the best worker on my job and I can have my own business started up at home where I've got multiple streams of income. I've got, I'm a blessing to the kingdom. I volunteer at my church. I take care of what God's called me to do. My children are raised up uh, in blessing and in wisdom and in knowledge. They're strong, smart, and set apart. All of those things. And we don't ever have to sacrifice because, well, no, I was, I'm, you know, I'm a spiritual person. I don't know if you understand, but I've been, I've been in his presence, brother. Look at everybody that was in his presence in the Bible and look what came from it. Increase, blessing, always victory, always doing something in the natural that, that ended up uh, being what God wanted it to be. Because when you're doing stuff that God wants you to do, you are staying in his presence. That's it. You are staying in his presence. People say, well, I, I can't, I can't go to my prayer closet every day and I can't do this and I can't do that. It's like, you know, people are, how, how do you do everything you do, Carolyn? How do you balance this? How do you do that? And you know, I don't have time to just sit and worship the Lord, but doing what he's called you to do, that's also remaining in his presence. That's it. That's also, it does not have to be, I think people think remaining in his presence is constant worship, constant prayer and they're they're in like a a a, you know sit down like a a moment it's like a moment for them but that's not just what his presence is the lord knows we have things going on every day he knows you work a job nine to five he doesn't expect you to be loopy on there and saying like you can't do your work well i can't i'm listening to worship music right now it's like that that's not that's not what it means. No. You can be diligent. You can be busy. You can be doing what he's called you to do. You can be working. You can be raising your kids, stay at home mom. You can be working nine to five and you can remain in his presence at all times. Amen. We want to pray for you today because I'm believing this, that as people see, literally, this is part of your witness. Let me show you how. This is part of your witness for the Lord. As people see the level at which you operate, they see, 
what you've got going on at work. They see how well you perform. They see how you're rising up. They see how well you, your attitude is always the best. You're always the encourager. People are always like, man, every time I'm around you, I feel better. Everything about your life reflects not only the spirit of Christ, but the wisdom of God. And it causes you to profit in every area. This will be, this right here will be a witness of God's power in your life. And I'm going to pray. And Bev, of course, will pray for you as well. But let me pray for everybody that's watching and listening. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm praying now for your people. Let 2021, now you promised us it would be a year that we would run in the supernatural. Let 2021 be a year that we produce effectively and efficiently more than we ever have before. Let 2021 be a year that we, it will be clearly seen that the hand of God is upon our lives. Just like you did for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel. As the king looked upon them because they honored God, they were head and shoulders above the rest of the workers, the cream of the crop in the kingdom. And they stood above and beyond all of those. Let us be the same, that we stand above and beyond all other top performers. Lord, we thank you that you'll get the glory for it, but it'll be a testimony of what happens when somebody is truly submitted to the anointing of God. We give you honor and glory for that. We give you praise. You're strengthening us to do your work. You're strengthening us to produce in your kingdom. Let this be the most productive year we've ever known in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for Bev and all those that need a touch today, Lord. Strengthen them. I pray you fill them with joy. Heal their bodies. Bring them deliverance. I thank you that peace is flowing to them even now. A peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' mighty name, turn every story today. By the power of God, we curse cancer and the spirit of infirmity in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, command you be healed in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, and give you praise. Amen. Amen. If you believe it, throw some hands and throw some fire up. Take a minute and sow your seed today. Those of you that are watching, you've got a seed to sow. God's put it in your spirit. Sow your seed today by faith. You can do it at MiracleWord.com. You can do it on uh, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, hashtag donate. And now Zelle is available for transfers. It's the same email as PayPal, info at miracleword.com. If you'd like to do a Zelle transfer, a lot of people have been asking for that. So I'm glad that we have it set up now. However you do it, do what the Lord's asking you to do. Again, as we said earlier, harvests don't answer to confession. They don't answer to church attendance. They answer to seed. You've got to have seed in the ground in order for God to bless you. And I believe this. This is going to be a year that we're going to see extreme financial blessing. We've been declaring it. Already have. We've already seen it. We've already, we've only gone through two months of this year and it's been insane. Yeah. There's, there's stuff you, you get, you get, you know, it's not wrong to say, Lord, I want this done by this timeline. No, it's your faith. It's your faith because faith is outside of time. Mm -hmm. Faith is the Faith is what, you know, the timeline is guided by. Yeah. So there's things that already have happened to us. Thank the Lord that were a grand testimony to our lives. And it's not even March, but I had asked the Lord. I said, Lord, before March hits, I want this and this taken care of and and I want to see it. 
Yeah. And it's not it's not wrong to talk to the to Lord like that. He wants you because he's he's ready to give. He's ready. He's like this. I just want them to ask and I want them to be specific in their prayer. That's right. And so when you are, he says, boom, done. There you go. I like it. She wanted it over with. She wanted it done by March. Whew, off my plate. None of the next person. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you're going to see the, the increase of God. I mean, I believe that. For the faithful, it's going to be the best year you've ever had. The testimonies already had come in yeah, for the increase great. of God for people running in the beginning of, of 21. I mean, like, if this is happening in the first two months, we're just starting the <laughs> third month of March. I know. It. And who cares that this one-year anniversary is coming up from last year? Last year, who cares? It is not so dictated. It, it never dictated our life last year, and it shouldn't dictate your life this year. And, and just who cares? March is great. People have all these memes saying, like, March can go away. March was terrible last year. I want March. Yep. I got miracles in March. March. I got momentum in March. Yep. I got things happening in March. I got increase in March. I mean, you know, you, you, you declare what you want. The world can have it. I don't want it. They didn't give it, but I don't want anything they have. I'll take your March. More and more every day. I don't want anything that they have. Yeah. It's going to be the greatest year we've ever seen. And so thank you for standing with us because you know what? That's right, Christian. And I, and I see so many of our partners that are on today and we love you and appreciate you standing with us That's every right, single month. And uh, it's been wonderful. We're, we're blessing the poor around the world. Actually, we just got a new video from Feed the Hungry telling us, updating us on what's, what all's been going on. We'll play it as we go out today. But uh, it's amazing because even, I actually sat down with the Walter Houses in Ohio and they were telling me, even in a year where it felt like that they were trying to be locked down all around the world as they're feeding the hungry, uh, they had more gifts in kind to their ministry last year than they ever have in the history of the ministry. And it actually caused them, because of the pushback, it actually caused them to come up with new ways to feed the poor. And so they started cooking massive batches of food, putting into the back of a pickup truck, and going from village to village, town to town, delivering the, the meals. It's, it's, it's really amazing what God's doing. And of course, now we're preaching the gospel on television around the world. You're a part of that. People are being changed. Uh, next week, we're getting everything ready so that we can disciple people digitally around the world. You play a part in that, and we love you and appreciate you standing with us. Thank you for hanging with us again today. Don't forget those uh, Easter boxes. You got to get them by March the 24th uh, so that we can get them to you by Easter. Do you have a slide for it, Tip? Oh, there you go. There it is. Yay. Everything in it, the water bottle, the drawstring backpack, sunglasses, the shirts, the bracelets, yeah. the crafts, candy, more. If you want a shirt more. or if you already have a shirt, you can get the box without it. Yep. It's yep. Awesome. There's two different things up on the store, so go check it out. We'd love to see you guys live in meetings. All of our confirmed meetings are up at miracleword.com. Click the schedule page, find out where we're going to be. I saw a lot of people saying they're going to join us in uh, Lakeside Assembly of God in Michigan. Um, and not only that, but next week, not this coming week, but the week after, starting on the 14th. She likes to brag on her work. Look at that, going fast. We're gonna be in Crawfordsville, Indiana, starting on the 14th. So that week we'll be there. The week after, we're gonna be in we Lakeside Assembly. You. Come hang with us. Join us. It's gonna be awesome. All the details, the addresses, the times, the dates, all that on the website. So check it out and uh, come hang with us. We love seeing you in the revivals. Have a great weekend. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging with Do us today. Do something fun. Bev, we'll be praying for you and your country to open up. But in the meantime, 
You create your surroundings. If it's a lockdown and you got it, I don't know how it is over there in, in Great Britain, but you need to praise the Lord, thank Him for His goodness, thank Him that it's opening up. You know, you set the tone for the atmosphere around you, not the government. That's right. We love y'all. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again on Monday. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.